Welcome back, everybody. It's been a minute, but Up in Flames is back. This is everything you've been waiting for. You know, took a couple weeks off, had a lot of things to figure out, and I got a very special guest in the building. But before I bring that guest in the building, we'll be right back with you after this. Warning. You are now listening to Up in Flames. We up in flames, yeah. We up in flames, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh. We up in flames, we up in flames, yeah, we up in flames, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 we up in flames, yeah, yeah, uh, we up in flames, hold on, uh, check this go, we up in flames, yeah, uh, we up in, uh, yeah, yeah, we up in flames, yeah, Woo. we up in, uh, yeah, we up in flames, we up in flames. Welcome back, everybody, to everybody listening live. If you're listening on Nothing But That channel, on Dash Radio, I appreciate you as well. Like I said, Up In Flames is back. I am back. It's been a couple weeks. You know, I've been missing, been showing here and there, trying to figure some things out. You know, life hits you in the face. Chris, we know all about it. Sometimes life gets you. You got to take a break, step back, and then jump back better than ever. But I got, you know, I mentioned, Chris, I got a special guest with me. It's been a while since we linked up to talk ball. You know, we talked in spaces a couple times, but it was only right to return after a couple weeks absence and bring my guy, the president of Off the Ball Network, the host of Off the Ball Podcast, the co-host of Draft Capital. He's everywhere, one of the voices of the New York Knicks. My guy, my brother, Chris LeBron. Chris, what's going on, bro? Hey, man, as always, that first of all, the intro is fire, by the way. So I oh, appreciate it. You know, no, shout no. out JP. Shout out JP. Yeah, yeah, he did, he did my video intro, too. So shout out to JP, you know. Uh, but, yeah, man, happy to be on, man. Always always good chopping up with you, you know. Uh, appreciate the, the 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 intro and all that, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm ready to chop it up. Let's talk ball, man. It's been, like I said, it's been a little bit. I'm excited. Yeah, like you said, it's been a minute. So before we get started, I want everybody to go to betus.com using promo code off the ball. In all caps, once again, go to betus.com, use a promo code off the ball in all caps. They are our newest sponsor, our betting sponsor. Listen, I'll be winning money. I'll be losing money. Shout out to Kenneth. I play his picks pretty much on a daily. We win and lose together. I'm up because of Kenneth. But if you use our promo code, you also get 110% deposit when you deposit at least 100 bucks. Who doesn't love free money to bet with, to gamble with? We are in the middle. We got football. We got basketball. College and NBA, we got the bowl games. So make sure you go to betus.com using promo code once again off the ball in all caps to get 110% deposit when you deposit 100 bucks. So Chris, we're gonna get straight into it. You know, it, it's only right that we, that we have a fire show, and we've we've kicked off the NBA season. We've talked about teams that have disappointed us. We've talked about surprises. Teams are starting to fall off, but now we're starting to look at. All right, the season, Christmas is upon us. Christmas Day is kind of when the NBA season comes in full effect towards the end of football season. This is when everybody really wants to dive into moves that their teams need to make, moves that we want to see around the NBA. We start seeing disgruntled stars or high-caliber role players wanting a new change of scenery. We saw that with DeMontis Sabonis, which we will get into. But we're going to talk about a whole bunch of trade scenarios you know, uh, we'll get into our teams later. So we're going to leave the Knicks and the Heat out of it uh, if we want to see any trades. So I want to start with you. Just with the NBA season kickoff, what are some trade scenarios? Who's like your first guy that comes to mind that either A, you want to see free and you want to see in a better situation or B, you just think there's a certain team that should target a certain player, get him, and, and he could be the impact or difference on a championship run? Um. I think number one, it has to be Ben Simmons. Like we, we need to get this, we need to get the Ben Simmons saga over with. And yeah. uh, we've heard some things that like things are progressing more mm-hmm. than they were, you know, early on in the season. And you know, uh, but we we need to figure out the whole Ben Simmons stuff. We, we you know he needs to get dealt, and uh, there's obviously a bunch of uh, suitors for him that. Uh, I think people forget how good this man still is at basketball. Like he may not be perfect, right? And then. There is no perfect player. Like people need to forget, like, oh, he can't shoot, but like, all right, he can still do a lot of good things on the court that are valuable, right? Other than shooting. Yeah, the shooting is a 
is definitely his his weakness. But I mean, the man can block up <laughs> one through four, even one through five at, at certain fives, and you know, great rebounder, great in transition. Or he could bring a lot to a team. So to me, it's just a matter of you know the stubbornness of Daryl Morey with the stubbornness of Ben Simmons. You know, you got two stubborn people. It's hard to get things done. So hopefully that gets done. But there's like, there's a few other traits. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I'm Marvin Bagley fan, Duke boy. You know, you know how I rock with my Duke guys. That's good player, one though. He's a good player. He's like, a he- good player. Like, and his and and the one thing people have really harped on him, obviously, hit injuries. Right? Can't control that a lot of the times. But for me, also, it's been the defense. I've seen him play. His defense has improved. It's definitely yeah. improved and all that. And I feel like he just needs a. I know they they did right by by finally getting rid of uh, um uh Walton. Right to me, he was. Yeah. I, I don't know how the man got the job in the first place. Is I mean, we all know why. Got the name, but that wasn't a good fit. Obviously, it didn't work. He was in the doghouse and he left free. And then once let's see how Walton leaves. They play it. They, they're playing him, and he 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 balling a little bit, you know, when he gets his minutes. To me, he needs to go to a situation where, you know, free, you know, free to to let play his game. I think he's t- still capable of being a twenty and ten guy, twenty and nine guy. I think there's still su- he's still super young. I think he's only twenty two. Yeah. You know, so there's still a lot. There's still a lot left. Like he still has, you know, that that it's like that five potential. years until he hits his prime. Yeah, like, like five years yeah. away from his prime. Exactly. Like he's still like in, in the infancy of his career. So like to me, there's still so much more left in him that, you know, that you could get that potential. You know, you know, people are still stuck on, well, the Luca, all this, Trey Young, they he they passed up on man, I still believe him in enough. But those those are a few things, you know, a few guys uh I've been big, you know, uh I wanted to see the Ben and I don't know about like John Wall, his situation. I know the contract is massive, but I, I don't I I, I hate the, the way it's being treated, you know, the whole situation, because the man wants to poop. He wants to play. That's the he problem. He wants to play, but they're like, nah, you're going to mess up stuff. But it's like, I get if we were like on the NFL where like the worst record gets the number one pick, right? So like, you'd be like, all right, you're going to mess up our chance to get the number one pick. It's the lottery system. You, anything could happen. You could be the worst. You could lose 0-1-8. You can go 0-82 and, and get the third pick, yep. <laughs> you know? So it's like, you know, what is, what is John Wall going to mess up that much? If anything, to me, you want him to help groom, you know, Jalen Greens and Josh Christophers yeah. and help the younger guys. Yeah, Kevin Porter Jr. And and to me, him and, and uh, Al Perun will be great in pick and roll situations. And, you know, to me, all he does is, is help. Like, uh, I just hate the whole tanking philosophy and all that. Like, it's just, it, to me, that's whack and, like, the man could play and he could help a team. I don't know if anyone's going to trade, obviously, the contracts a lot. But so I don't know if there's a buyout in place. But that's another guy that I feel like we see. And also Kemba Walker, too. Obviously, he's he's fizzled out in New York. Um, yeah. He's not playing. I mean, even even with all the protocol, even with all the guys out right now with the Knicks and protocols, he ain't going to get no run. Like, he, he should be get- on the court against <laughs> the Celtics. And we can't even guarantee that. And there's six players not playing for the Celtics. And who knows? The game, you know, if you're listening on Dash Radio on Nothing But Net channel, we are pre-recording on Saturday. Listen, somebody else might enter protocols and warm-ups. We don't know. Like, that's how hey. wild COVID has been. And, you know, referring to Crazy, our over there Crazy. in the U.S., like, COVID has kind of changed. I don't bet until last minute when it comes to NBA right now. Like, we've seen, you know, it really changes the outcome. Like, COVID has changed the outcomes. And then you bring up – so you bring up Ben Simmons – and I have a package that I think makes sense. You can okay. tell me if I'm wrong. I, so Ben Simmons to Indiana. I send Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey okay. and two first-round picks. In return, I get Karis LeVert, Malcolm Brogdon, DeMontis Sabonis, and a future first-round pick. So I'm going to give you Ben because I still think – if I'm Philly, I still think he's an all-star caliber – but if okay. I'm really, I want to compete for a championship. I can't do a Ben for Sabonis swap just because if I'm Philly, like you want higher returns. So I'll give up Maxi, give me Brogdon, Lavert, and Sabonis in a first round pick, and I'll give you two immediate first round picks, Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxi, because Maxi has showed promise 
What do you think about that trade package? Is that a yes for Philly and a oh God no for Indiana? Is that like uh we might can talk? Maybe we got to take away Brogdon off the table and throw something else. Like I think both sides benefit. Indiana's talking about rebuilding. You know, Sabonis doesn't want to be there. I think Sabonis, because he can stretch the floor, he could fit alongside, you know, uh, Joel Embiid. I don't think that would be a problem. But they still need a guard that could get a bucket. Brogdon, when healthy, can do that, and so can Levert. I know some people don't love him, so that's why I would throw Levert in there as well. But you're not going to get Ben Simmons in those three players in return, so i got to throw Tyrese Maxey in there as a promising young guy that Indiana could have some players, Miles Turner, Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey to kind of build around. They don't attract free agents, so it's not like no. – Anything is going to be sexy for Indiana to really bring a true star. But if you got Miles Turner, who can stretch the floor a little bit so he won't fully clog up the paint and be in Simmons' way, what do you think about that? Would Philly want to give up Maxi too? You I don't know. To if you want to win a championship. That's know. my thing is if, if you give up Ben by himself, I don't think there's enough suitors that are really going to give Philly what they want for just Ben, because essentially you don't want to waste Joel Embiid's prime. Like that's what it comes down to. You don't want to waste his prime. Philly could win a championship. I know they've started off slow. They've had injuries. COVID has attacked Philly. We've seen, you know, Seth has missed games. Tobias Harris, Danny Green. Obviously we know Joel Embiid is going to miss some games. You'd rather him miss them early and mm -hmm. be there late, but they have a team that could compete especially with COVID going around, especially with certain players not playing, um, certain players out for the long haul. Like it's, and to have arguably the most dominant, second best big man, one of the most dominant big men in the NBA at this time. Like you could compete for a championship, but I think if you really want to make some shake and get maximum return, I think you're going to have to add Tyrese Maxey as much as I wouldn't want to. I would seriously contemplate doing that if I could get Levert, Brogdon and Sabonis. I mean, you're talking about Levert, Brogdon, Seth Curry, Tobias Harris, Danny Green, and Joel Embiid as your core. Can that not win? Can that not compete for a championship? Is that not on paper after they get their chemistry together, after that trade goes down by playoffs? Is that not a team that could compete with anybody? Like, I feel like now you, you put together a team that could compete with anybody. We only run eight deep in the playoffs anyway. So I don't care about your 11th and 12th best player on the team, like they're probably not going to play come playoffs unless it's blowouts. You get them going in case somebody gets hurt. But we only what NBA runs what eight nine man max rotations in the playoffs. You pretty yeah, much yeah. Have seven eight strong. I, I think I think that could be something that Philly could look at. But does Indiana do that? I guess would actually be the question. I think Philly should pull the trigger if they get offered something like that. But does Indiana do that in trying to rebuild? Do you? Yeah, but I think I think they want to just. If they're gonna, if you're gonna rebuild, you might as well just go full rebuild. You know, like getting a Ben Simmons, like that kind of, that kind of like a stopgate. Like it kind of messes up your rebuild. Like to me, they need to just go full board with a rebuild. Like you just gotta blow the whole damn thing up. Like if you're gonna go rebuild, you gotta go full blown. You gotta just tank. Period. Like, but you know, I'm with you. I'm not. I'm not with picks. I don't love. I got a whole bunch of picks. Look at okay, because the word. Bust and the word bust exists because guys do not live up to expectations. Of course, championship teams don't. Okay, I don't want to say this because some have the Golden State Warriors, except they hit on draft picks, but they also are a great organization for player development. That's something to pay attention to. The Miami Heat don't hit on draft picks, they hardly have draft picks, they hit on undrafted free agents because of their player development. You know, yeah. Ersten even said, Y'all might, you know, the Heat might as well never draft. Just look at the undrafted free agents that they see potential in and develop them. I don't think Indiana has been great. They've been kind of underwhelming. They've, you know, it was unfortunate that they had to face the big three Miami Heat when they had that Paul George, David West, Roy Hibbert, uh, Danny Granger, George Hill starting five. That was a heck of a team. But obviously you had to play, you know, you had to match up against the Knicks at that time with Carmelo, Jr., Amari Stoudemire, Shumpert. That was a good team over there. You had the Miami Heat and the big three over there. And you just couldn't get over the hump. Even when you got to the conference finals, you just couldn't beat Miami. But since then, they haven't put a team good enough to make us feel confident that they develop talent. Like, so bonus is a guy who's going to be good anywhere. Miles Turner is a guy who's going to be good anywhere. Like, he, he's a good player. They're really good players. They're not great. Borderline all-stars. Sabonis so made an all-star game last year. So they're borderline all-stars. I don't know how consistent they will be year in and year out. I don't 
consider them flat out all stars. But I just look if you're gonna blow it up, blow it up, get some draft picks, but also get some pieces that you could build around. Like, okay, I got Ben, I got Tyrese Maxey. I might not be able to win today. I might not be able to win next year, but I have some ways because you could build a team around Ben Simmons. I think you can. He can't be your best player on a championship team, but you can build with what he does. He's a distributor. He can drive to the basket. You don't have to get some shooters. Build around him like people build around LeBron. Surround him with shooters and a big man that can stretch the floor and get out of his way. And you got a competitive mm-hmm. team. You just need one player that's going to be better than Ben Simmons. Simmons can be the best, second best player on the championship team if the team is built right. And I even think Philly went about it the wrong way at times. I don't think they grabbed a. I love Doc Rivers, but I don't think he was the answer. You've seen how that was, all the locker room. So I just think Indiana should highly consider that. And I think Philly should highly consider that. Brogdon, Lavert, and Sabonis makes Philly a competitive team and a top four team in the East the minute they make that trade, in my opinion, barring any health issues. If Brogdon, Lavert, and Sabonis stay healthy, that team could that team is just as good as the Miami Heat. Team is Almost pretty much just as good as Brooklyn, pretty much just as good as Milwaukee in a seven game series. That's a tough out. And I think they'd be a top four team in the Easter Conference, even though the East has been probably the be- the better conference this year. I don't know. That's tough. That's tough. It, it's tough because the pieces you're getting back, yeah, on paper, they're good. But, the, you know, incorporating that with the Sixers team right now with the way they're struggling. Right. And then, you know, you're getting guys who are on a struggling Pacers team. Now the Pacers to me, maybe the most disappointing team out, especially out East. I definitely thought they were going to be a lot better. Like, like obviously the- Rick Carlisle, like they brought a good coach in. He didn't get along with Luca or whatever, but I value Rick Carlisle as a good coach. Like I thought He's a good coach, like- coach, not great, but I'm like playoffs borderline, like seven, eight seed. Like I could see Indiana play. They're not even a playing team right now. Yeah, like I think Rick Carlisle has been <clears throat> Rick Carlisle has been kind of overrated as a coach. Like I think that he's one of those coaches that are still hanging off that championship. Like it's been Doc. what ten plus? It's been a while. Like Doc. it's like all right. I mean, Doc. like Doc, like is is it's the same? Well, yeah, it's the same. It's exactly like team. Like they've had good teams. Like they kind of underachieved a lot of these Rick Carlisle and Doc Rivers teams. They've underachieved immensely, and they've had some good teams. You know. Um, so the, the the Rick Carlisle fit, I think he was just based off like obviously name value in his name and what he did in Dallas. But it's like I don't know if he's the coach that was a good fit for this Indiana team. And, and like you got the pieces. Obviously, they've had injuries. Obviously, you know um, and all. But you know the fact that they're thinking about a full re. I mean, I don't know if Rick Carlisle is going to make it past the year two. Like he might get canned after one season there. Like it's kind of yeah. crazy how everything's transcribing. And the Phillies just, I don't know, Philly's tough because obviously, you know, like you said, that, that trade sounds good. They get some bonus, but how would some bonus fit with MB? You know, that's a lot of paint cloggage and that's a lot of usage, right? Both guys need the ball to kind of be effective, right? And, and so to me, that, that could cause a little bit of a of a of a issue. To, and I, I don't think Philly would give up Maxi, to be honest. I think they love Maxi so much. I think he he's someone that they want to help build around. And uh, you know, yes, you're gonna get a you would get a Malcolm Brogdon in this situation. And Malcolm Brogdon's a really good player. I mean, he's a he's a 50, 40, 90 guy type of player, right? Yeah. He's done, you know, that's the type of player he is, but he's also had his standard injuries too. So do you want a, a roster, you know. You're gonna get Lavert too. Lavert had his has injuries. Uh, he has a long, you know, injury rap sheet. They they were Brogdon, and you got Embiid, who's also you know battling injuries and and all that. I don't know. I mean, it sounds good, and like, but the East is tough, right? We all know the East is tough. It's very tough this year. It's very, very tough this year, and you know, I don't know. That's that's tough. That's it's tough. I don't. That's something that it, that. You would have to sleep on for a while, a few days to be like. You have to have a few days to feel comfortable making that trade. It's not something you'd be like, oh, automatically, okay, that's a that's trade. Okay, how do the pieces work? Does everything fit? I don't know. That that'll be tough. Um, and doesn't it, does it make you if you're confident it makes you a championship team? Like, all right, we make this move. It's gonna make us a title team. That's the only way you make the move. Is it makes you a championship team, obviously. But it's got to make you better because you get Ben. You have no Ben Simmons right now at all. 
Yeah. Like, that's my other thought process. I'm not saying settle, but at the same time, like, you're going to finish the season without Ben Simmons right now at all. You have him nothing. So, like, whatever – I'm not going to say whatever you could get, but when you get to thinking about, like, I need something in return for Ben Simmons, somebody to replace, like, if, if a trade like that was on the table – so, okay – so Philly's willing to trade Ben Simmons. We've heard talks have ramped up. Mm-hmm. What, where, but you know what, this would be the last one we'll handle on Ben Simmons. Where do you send him and what do you ask for in return? You're not Daryl Morey though. Take your Daryl Morey cap off because we know he wants maximum value. He looks at him, Ben Simmons as a top 10 player and he wants top 10 value in return. You're Philly. You're trading Ben Simmons. Like, it's going to happen. We're trying to win championship, and we can't do that until we get rid of Ben Simmons. Where do you send him, and what are you getting back in return? I would talk to Sacramento. I would talk to Sacramento, and you go talk to Sacramento, and you see um, to see if you can get try to see what's going on with De'Aaron um, and, and see what's up with that. Um you, like I said, Daryl Moore is going to shoot for the stars, so might as well see you <laughs> see if you can shoot and try to get or some type of you know you probably have to include uh, Harrison Barnes in this just to make the money right. So like a Harrison Barnes, just off the top of my head, uh, yeah. Harrison Barnes and Bagley and um, something like that in return, you know um, can. And uh, if you want to do something like that, I, I just don't know what Daryl Morey's looking for. I know he wants a superstar, but it's like, is that really feasible? Is that really attainable at this point? Like, are you going to get a top 25 player like he wants that's going to bring the value of Ben Simmons, right? Because when I'm talking about value on the court, right, I'm not talking about value as far as picks. Like, are you going to get a type of player that's going to bring the impact that Ben has? Is like we talked about before. We know he can't shoot. Okay, that's a given. But what he, everything else he's, he's pretty damn good at. Yeah. Are you going to get a player that's going to be able to impact the game the way he impacts the game of defensive end and, and, yep. and, and transition and all this other stuff that's, you know, people forget that he can do. So to me, I just don't know if you're going to be able to get that. So, you know, you just – it's got to get figured out, and it's just crazy that it feels like every day we're talking about the Ben stuff. Where is he going to go? But to me, you hear you hear some Sacramento stuff, um, you know, I, whether it's for De'Aaron or, or some type of you know getting like a Harrison Barnes um, and getting a, a, a Bagley too. Maybe that's something intriguing to them, you know, and maybe getting like a, I don't know some. They get something like that from I think Sacramento is, is, is a is a potential trade target, um, but so but who knows, man? I just don't know Darren Moore. I'm, like you say, don't I'm not trying to think like Darren Moore, but sometimes you, it's like you know you, you, you're you, thinking, you know what he's thinking essentially. You know, he states kind of how he feels, so you kind of ha- it's hard to take your Daryl Moore cap off. So I'm gonna just say one thing, give your opinion on it after I say it. Call me drunk. Maybe I've been sipping on a little too much liquor. Should Philly, and I'm not saying it happens, should Philly call the Clippers and see what it takes to get Paul George to Philly? I don't think, I don't, I don't, I mean, you obviously. Do you think there's a price tag on a Paul George? Because if I was to think about maximizing Joel Embiid's prime, knowing how good X player is, does it, have the biggest injury history as far as missing major time. I mean, we know he snapped his ankle, but outside of that, he's been fairly healthy. Obviously, his other counterpart. Do you see if Paul George has a little bit of unhappiness and regret of joining Kawhi Leonard and see if there's a possibility that the Clippers would be willing to give up Paul George if the price was right? If you're Philly, do you think about that? Because I think that would be perfect. Not necessarily miss it, but do you think like you should be trying to see what it would take to lure certain players from other organizations? I think that's what Philly should do with having a piece like Ben Simmons. Call about other players. You want people to call you about Ben Simmons? Call about other players and see what it takes to get that player from out of there, if anything at all. But I think Paul George would fit. I think he'd fit immediately and perfect 
with uh, the Sixers. And I almost think Ben Simmons, once Kawhi comes back, I think we expect them back this season. I think Simmons, they need a point guard. I know you want to see a point guard with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but I don't think that'll ultimately happen. That would be a very great defensive team. And then you start, maybe if you're the Clippers, you rid of Paul George, you start moving a couple pieces here and there to, build, to, to add the right pieces around a Kawhi Leonard who can get a bucket anytime he wants. You got Simmons and Kawhi playing defense on the defensive side of the ball. They can take turns guarding your best player. I think you... I'm not saying they pull a trade, but I think Philly is oblivious. They're so focused on Dane. They want Dane in return for Ben Simmons. That seems like the most likely guy they want is mm-hmm. Dane. We've heard they kind of want De'Aaron Fox, but Sacramento's like, no, you're not getting De'Aaron Fox. We've heard that. But I think they're so focused on Dane that they could miss out on the possibility of an of availability of a certain player. And I think Paul George could be that guy that could do what we need Philly to do, just like I thought C.J. McCollum could. But he's been catching the injury bug, and I'm like, I, I don't want to get him while he's coming off an injury. I want to back off now. And I think a player like that, obviously Paul George is a lot better than C.J. McCollum, but I think a player like that. Billy was just missing a guy who could get their own bucket. I think it solves your problem, and we know Paul George can play some defense. Maybe not Ben Simmons caliber defense. We can play some defense. I think Philly should call the Clippers to just see. If there's a price, what's the price on getting Paul George? You say yes or no. Um, I mean, you definitely make a call. I just don't. I don't see um, the Clippers doing it. The Clippers doing it though. I, I, that that would be tough. Well, they um, put together isn't working. Essentially, like even I think, with, I, I think that I think they're gonna wait till next season to get a full grasp. Because obviously, there's no Kawhi, so it's hard to judge this team without Kawhi, right? But we've seen so, them two years with them, and the first year they under. They underachieved, gave up a 3-1 lead. Yeah. The second year, Kawhi ends up getting hurt, which has kind of been a storyline. Kawhi mm-hmm. is injury prone. The second year, Kawhi. Then the third year, you have no Kawhi Leonard up to this point. What are you hoping on? Because you got Phoenix, you got Golden State, um, you got Denver, who once Jamal Murray comes back, they're going to be a factor. Denver's still, you know, they're still right there on the outside looking in. You can't cancel, cancel them out. We're talking about the Warriors might be the favorites to win a championship in the NBA, and they ain't even got... Their starting center or their starting two guard. So you start looking at the Clippers, you'd be like, even with Kawhi, first off, when he comes back, is he going to be 100%? And second off, can I depend on him staying 100%? And if I'm Paul George, like, I don't think Paul George, I really don't think Paul George and Kawhi are the best of friends. That'd just be a weird friendship if you ask me. Like, that's a weird, <laughs> if they are best friends, that's a weird, you know, one two combo of best friends. I know Paul George wanted to play in LA, he wanted to go back home. But if I'm Philly, I'm calling. I'll be like, I know y'all got a price on Paul George. All I'm calling to see is if it's out of my reach. Because if it's not, I think Paul George fixes a lot of things that we're looking for. And I think Ben Simmons fixes a lot of what they were looking for. They've been lacking on point guard. They've tried to do it the cheap route and bring in Rajon Rondo and, you know, all these other guys. They've tried to – Eric Bledsoe. You, you can't be cheap at point guard. Listen, I'm a Knicks fan. We've route. been cheap at point guard. It hasn't worked out. You need a point guard. And so it makes sense – it could make sense because it's especially if Kawhi is healthy and you pair him up with Ben. You start preparing for Kawhi to be healthy. I think that's what you got to do. I just – he's not healthy right now. So to do yeah. that right now, I don't think that will be ideal for the Clippers. Maybe we could re, we could rehash this maybe next season maybe. Uh-huh. But to me, with Kawhi not being healthy, most likely he's going to miss the season, right? Most likely he's not going to play this year. So to do that – a Ben for PG, you know, for Philly, yeah, of course you do that. Yeah, that, that's a no-brainer, like, because that that helps you immensely, and that puts you in that upper echelon of the East to me um, with, with, with the Nets and the Bucks and Miami and those teams like that, but uh, Chicago too. But for LA, I, I think they're going to they're gonna try this Ben – I mean, they're going to try this PG Hawaii next year when – when you expect Kawhi to be healthy for a full season. And to me, next year is a big year for them to figure out stuff, you know? Year four? Like, I, 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 even, let's take away just the trade scenario. Like, you're giving a duo four years. Like, because when, when they got Kawhi and Paul George, what's the first thing Patrick Beverly said? I'm getting a championship. Like, oh, I just yeah, got yeah, me a championship. Yeah. Now he's in Minnesota. Like, it's failed. That That experiment of those two playing together has failed. They haven't reached the Western Conference Finals. They haven't, 
you know, reached the finals at that. They haven't won a championship. Like, essentially up to this point, it's failed. And we don't even see them reaching the Western Conference Finals this year, even when Kawhi comes back. Because you talk about, like, the Lakers are on the outside looking in, but you just know something's going to happen where they're going to at least compete. At the very least, they're a competitive team that you never could count out the king to at least be competing. You also have Phoenix, who's been balling without Devin Booker. You also have Golden State, who's been balling, probably has the, the lead guy for MVP without Clay Thompson and James Wiseman. And both of them should be back by, by All-Star break. At the very least, you know, we see Clay's supposed to come back in January. We don't we haven't really seen a timetable, but we know Wiseman's ramping up to come back. So by All-Star break, we're gonna see a full-blown led, you know, Warriors team led by the MVP Steph Curry. The only person that could take that away from him is Kevin Durant. And so like and even when Kawhi comes back, <laughs> and yeah, and COVID. yeah, COVID could kill that too. But when Kawhi comes back, the Clippers, at best, with Kawhi at 100, are the fourth, maybe even fifth best team in the Western Conference. I think that's a problem. That's why I say Philly should test the temperature and really make the Clippers think about their future prior to them actually thinking about their future. So I agree with you. I don't think it probably would be entertaining until next year. But hey, if they call and they'd be like, dang. Ben Simmons on the table. If we were to give up Paul George, we, they they know the timetable when they expect you know Kawhi to come back. So at that yeah. point, I'm like, man, maybe we need to think about the future. Like because if we don't win a championship, maybe somebody already grabs Ben Simmons, and if that's somebody we would love to pair with Kawhi, maybe we need to jump on that because the, the best time to test somebody is when they're desperate. It's always yeah. like that's why the NBA trade deadline is so great because everybody start evaluating themselves and they get desperate, and that's why. The difference between the NFL and every other trade deadline, the NBA trade deadline is greatest because most of the time major moves happen and championship swinging moves happen because teams get desperate. They'll overpay at that point in time. And because they feel like that's the piece that could get us to a championship and we'll give up anything that doesn't include championship mentality. So I think Philly should just at least test it. Have the Clippers think about it. They got until what? After all-star break to fully think about it. So you thought you call them. Hey, just sit on it. Think about it. We ain't pressured to move Ben Simmons. We ain't paying him right now. He's taking, you know, what, $6 million in a loss at this point? Yeah. Hey, let's just, you know, hey, it's on the table. We'll offer you Ben Simmons. Let's figure out a package if we can get Paul George in return. Leave him two months to think about it. Figure out when Kawhi is supposed to come back. If they love the Kawhi and Ben Simmons pairing, boom, I say both teams pull the trigger. I say really both teams benefit from that. But before we move on to our teams, real quick, Kyrie's coming back, but ironically, Kyrie has not got vaccinated. That is a political conversation that I care nothing about, but Kyrie comes back and guess what? He goes to health and safety protocols. We're all envisioning. We miss Kyrie on the basketball court. We love Kyrie, the basketball player, whether you love hate or just don't care for Kyrie off the court. That's fine. We all know he's a great talent on the court when healthy and playing. Kyrie is a, a very important aspect. And we've missed Kyrie on the court. But then it goes into COVID health and safety protocols. So that puts him off what? He's got to test negative five times because he's unvaccinated. But let's take the protocols and everything out. When Kyrie returns, he can't play home games. We know that um, because of his decision to not get vaccinated. Personal choice. I almost, I pretty much applaud Kyrie for standing pat on what he believes in. And the, the Nets folded first. At the end of the day, they're like, you know what? We need Kyrie. COVID hit us. We need Kyrie. And Kyrie came calling. Like, Kyrie answered the call. Hey. Well, well this you- was on the table from the jump. So, like, that's... No. Like, they were like, we're not but rocking. they said no. Yeah. And so, and like... They're desperate. And like we said, you know, teams do things when desperate. So, on the basketball aspect, Kyrie returning for the Nets. He can only play away games and practice at the facility. He can't play home games. I know there's been talks, you know, over social media or whatever, the new, the guy running, one of the guys running for mayor basically wants to uplift that mandate. And I think basically what he's trying to do is put that on his agenda. So everybody be like, oh, I'm going to vote for you. So you bring Kyrie back to basketball because we know New York is the Mecca of basketball. So, hey, we care about basketball more than probably we care about our own individual lives. And Kyrie will be back on the floor. We'll pay them tickets. We'd love to see it. Make the Nets great. You know, just make bas- the basketball scene. Kyrie, Kevin Durant, James Harden. Yeah, we'll vote for you. So I think that's what he's doing. But like I said, that's the political side. Kyrie on the basketball court. His return means what for the Nets? They're the, they're the favorites in the East. It's that simple. They're, they're, they're the favorites out East with him. I mean, that's always been, you know, 
with with Harden not being Harden right now, the Nets are are still a very good team. But him not being himself has kind of not made them the lock that people thought they would be, even without Kyrie, right? Because they're still yeah. with Kyrie. It's I mean, out east, who's going? Who can stop them? Other than COVID and injuries, like last year, right? Injuries right. were the yeah. reason why the injuries Nets killed them. Yeah, because let's keep it real, like. If we have, if Harden is half an inch, half an inch killed, Katie's foot being so damn big. All right, Harden being playing at a third of of himself, right, and no Kyrie, they still went seven with the Milwaukee Bucks, and it really came down to Katie's foot. At the end of the day. We can talk about Harden being a shell of himself at that point with the hamstring injury. We can talk about no Kyrie, but it came down to Kevin's foot being a size 17 back there, be not, is the reason why the Nets ultimately didn't compete and play for a championship. And who knows? Kevin Durant might have cemented his legacy with the way he was playing. And he rolls into this year playing the same way, out of his mind. And the only thing that's so tough of not to crown Kevin Durant as the MVP is because there's another guy, his former teammate playing out of his mind, carrying the team, putting the team on his back with, you know, quality players behind him. You know, we said he had no help last year, but he's got the same team this year. Everybody's improved. Shout out to the Warriors player development. I think that's the biggest part of it. Jordan Poole is now an adequate six man of the year, mm-hmm. essentially, because he's going to go to the bench once Clay Thompson comes in. And I think he's going to be a six man, the Jordan Clarkson type, you know, that Golden State would need, but, I look at with Kyrie returning, what if Brooklyn is the one seed and plays in a game seven at home and he can't play? Because right now, that's what it is. Kyrie, we could say there is great. Well, with Kyrie, they could win the championship. But like Giannis could push them to a game seven in Brooklyn and there could be no Kyrie. And we can't guarantee James Harden's health. But what we can guarantee today is that Kyrie would not be eligible to play at a game seven at home. And that could be the ultimate difference in them winning or losing a game seven and winning a series. So when I talk about Kyrie, like up to this point, like I think he's failed Kevin Durant as a friend, if you want me to be honest, like I know he made a personal decision. I'm not one to get in, in, into, you know, you get, you either get vaccinated or you don't, but friendships and brotherhood and Kyrie basically dragged Kevin Durant to Brooklyn. They were about to go to the Knicks. And it seemed like Kyrie kind of made the call. Let's, let's not, go to. Let's not bring up. Uh, the past I'm just saying, like it literally past. seemed like like KD was set on going to the Knicks. It looked like him and Kyrie was going to go to the Knicks, and it seemed like Kyrie spoke up. It was like, nah, let's go to Brooklyn. Like I'm not the guy. I don't really. I don't mind being in New York. I love New York, you know, home. But I don't want to be in the Knicks media because we know if I play for the Knicks, how big time that is. And you know how much I hate the media. So let's go to Brooklyn where we can. We'll stay out of the media until we win a championship, and then even still, I could go, you know, Dark Knight Rises and go missing and get, get, you know, out of the media's face because I'm still the Brooklyn Nets. Like, still, mm-hmm. I'm not the team that reigns in New York. Even if I win a championship, I won't win over a city. We'll still be second fiddle to the Knicks because once you and me leave, it's still going to be Knicks country. It still is no matter what. Like, the Nets are balling, and it's still everything Knicks. So, at that point, like, we don't know. Kevin Durant's kind of weird when it comes to the media, too. Great player. He's kind of become the people's champ speaking out on Skip Bayless. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm falling in love with Kevin Durant. <laughs> but has do you think Kyrie has failed Kevin Durant a little bit as a friend and as a brother? We know they were click tight, but, like, he kind of hasn't been – he's gone through multiple – forget COVID. Let's, let's take him getting the vaccine out of it. Even the other debacles that have come over the past couple of years between injury – between going AWOL, you know, going missing. As Kevin, as Kyrie kind of failed Kevin Durant as a whole, I think, look at it as a friend aspect. Like, you brought me here and then you weren't here when I needed you the most. That, that's kind of been the, the the whole Kyrie and KD debacle. And then I think KD pitched for James Harden to get there because he's like, man, I need somebody to be here when I absolutely need him because Kyrie won't. Kyrie I mean, is he will it, be. Isn't good. it crazy how, like, the James Harden trade – like how like we thought that was overkill and now like if they don't make if they don't make that trade for Harden, how much pressure it is on for Kevin Durant to carry this team, right? So like that trade kind of saved them in a bit. Especially James Harden was balling before that he got the hammy. I mean, he was balling, you know, and a healthy Harden and a healthy KD probably beats Milwaukee. 
And then who knows in the final? I mean, they probably beat Atlanta. And then who knows what happens in the finals against the Suns? I mean, you know, uh, it's crazy how just one little thing, you know, an injury can, can, uh, but uh, has he, I don't, it's card art. I don't know though. So like, I, I, it's one thing if, if you had some information on, you haven't heard anything about, like, I haven't heard, maybe you have, maybe some other people, I haven't heard any, like, like anything from like, any rumor mills, any shade room stuff. I'm on like, the house, yo, I'm on the like, I, I don't know. I don't know if they have, if they if Kevin feels that way, you know? So, and we I haven't even seen a little bit of rumors about that. So I don't know. If, maybe, maybe most people would feel like if they were in that situation and they were Kevin Durant, that they would feel some type of way, but maybe Kevin just like, I'm with whatever, you know, That's whatever how you want. I'm looking at it. I'm looking I, at it. How I value friendships, how yeah. I value brotherhood. And then I look at when we're put in positions, like when we get put where, you know, my brother, my guy, the guy that brought me on, the guy that, you know, I brought on whatever, when I need him the most, he showed up, you know, this yeah. and that. Like, I don't go, you know, we we tend to pride ourselves on brotherhood friendships of like, I don't go missing when you need me the most. Injuries, you like you said, you can't control. But, you know, going AWOL, I get it. I'm, shout out to everybody, you know, going through mental health and needs help. Make sure you get the help you seek. Um, you know, hell, I go see a therapist. Ain't no shame in my game. But at the same time, like, wow. hey. at, at the same time, like, don't play the mental health because that's the sympathy factor. Because you said, like, ah, I need my mental together. You hadn't talked to your team. You went about it the wrong way. And then you're at your sister's birthday party having the time of your life. Yeah. That's a problem. Like, I do feel like that's a problem. Like, you say mentally, but then you're you're having the time of life. I get this. Your sister, supporter, lover, whatever. But, like, you left your brother hanging. Like, I understand it's not your blood brother, but, like, blood doesn't always make family. And, like, you left them hanging. KD might not feel no type of way. I'm on the outside looking in. But I just think, like, I think Kyrie has failed Kevin Durant up to this point. I think they have failed as a pair, but it's not been on Kevin Durant's end. He's been there. When the call needs to be made, he's been there. Yeah. And Kyrie hasn't. And so they felt like they needed to get go get James Harden. And I think that was more so Kevin Durant kind of valuing it. He'll never speak on it. You know, Kevin Durant doesn't speak ill of anybody outside of Russell Westbrook, but he doesn't throw shade towards anybody. He doesn't have lost love for anybody. Yeah, he says things to people who say negative things about him, but I just think Kevin Durant is, you know, like one of those, like, we needed James Harden because, like, I need somebody here with me. Not that I can't do it by myself, but I need somebody. Like, no guy has won the championship by himself, essentially. And that's how Kevin Durant felt when no Kyrie Irving. Like, I'm doing this by myself. I'm coming off an injury. You asked me to carry the load. You went missing on me. Yeah, bro, let's go get James Harden. He's unhappy. You know what I'm saying? Let's go get him. So I think I, I think the experiment of them paired together has kind of failed. Kevin Durant hasn't failed. He's played absolutely oh, no, he hasn't failed. negative to, to say about him. Like, he's, his stock in the all-time list is rising. So I have nothing negative to say about Kevin Durant. He hasn't failed. I just think them as a tandem and even as a triplet up to this point, I mean, it's championship or bust this year with those three, essentially. Like, they, I mean, yeah, you know? it is. But it's been from the start. Like, once once they decided to go together, right, it was championship or bust just with him and Kyrie. And you had James Harden. It's it's legit championship or bust. There's and you got like Marcus Aldridge. You got Blake Griffin. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of gave him the past because the injuries, right? So you give him a pass, KD by himself with not a good roster when it's just him. They did. Let's be real. That's what happened. That's not a good roster. And he carried that team and was almost, like we said, a couple, you know, a foot size, a half a size big, you know, and and from uh, going to the Eastern Conference Championship. So, you know, it's – I don't know. It's crazy the situation. It's championship or um, it's championship or bust with that team because when you have players of their at will, like you have an M three, you know, two MVPs, and then Kyrie is, you know, he hit the one of the biggest shots in NBA history, and we all know Kyrie with the ball is just a magician, right? Yeah. No matter how no matter how you feel about Kyrie, you know about his antics, you know whatever. That man with the ball, he's special. He's special with that ball. So it's just, it's a, I I don't know how this gets resolved and all that, but you know, you know, there's pressure for them to win. And like, I don't know. I I honestly don't think KD is tripping. Like we think we, he would be tripping. He's probably, he really, I I don't think he is. It's just, 
I just feel like KD just goes on the court and just does his thing. And if K if Kyrie's with them, let's rock with it. If he's not, hey, I'm rocking with Harden and the rest of the crew. So I don't think KD trips like that. Like I think, I think people want him to, to be so outraged. Like, oh, how how why how can you do this, Kyrie? We're trying to win a championship. Blah blah blah. I just think he's like, hey, Kyrie, hey, that's Kyrie. If he's, you know, it is what it is. I, I don't think he's tripping like we want him to trip. Like, he was getting himself into prior, and so he runs with it. He rocks with his guy, like you said. So we're we're gonna get into our teams here now. I don't know if I want to get into my team. My team is so pissing I'm, me off. So. Yeah, I was about to say. So <laughs> we're not gonna spend too much on my team because it's not really time to kill my team. They're playing fairly well. I, I, I have time to kill my team. You know. So uh, so maybe we'll. So I want to say this. So. Should the Eastern Conference right now fear the Miami Heat? With the way they've been playing, no Jimmy, no Bam, Tyler Hero's been absent, and you've seen the emergence of role players. You've seen how deep Miami really is. You've been able to focus on how good the player development really is. Max Struess, Gabe Vincent. Uh, I can't say the guy from Turkey. I can't say his name. I swear I can't, so I just don't even spend time. The addition of Kyle Lowry that I now have to apologize because I wasn't opposed to it. Even though I liked it year one, I didn't like the three-year contract. But even still, that that was, hey, I hang that on my head. I wasn't the most excited about it. And it's actually benefited us a lot. Because no Jimmy, no Bam, no Tyler Hero as of late. And Kyle Lowry has been able to hold those role players together. Has played his role absolutely amazing. Has been put us in games. Has won us some games with just how he plays as a point guard. But you look at the Miami Heat's Caleb depth. Caleb Martin, too, is another one. Nice, solid pickup. Yeah, not, nice, like, solid pickup. So, so I look at the Miami Heat. Should they be – I don't think they're the best team in the East. And granted, with as well as they're playing no Jimmy, no Bam, they have a case. I don't think they're the best team in the Eastern Conference, but I think they're the most feared because I don't think any team in the East would want to play the Miami Heat to try and win a championship. I think Milwaukee – if you, they're not going to give their honest opinion. They want all the smoke. Hey, we're going to play anybody. You know, we just swept them last year. I get it. But I really, when we really evaluate it, I don't think the Nets want to have to play the Heat. I don't think Milwaukee wants to have to play the Heat. Chicago is a top three seed right now. I don't think they want to have to play the Heat. I don't think Cleveland will want that four or five matchup against Miami Heat. To try and win the championship, I don't think anybody in the Eastern Conference, almost anybody in the NBA would want to play the Heat. Should the East be fearful of the Miami Heat right now, with how they've looked up to this point when you look at what they haven't had. I think you should fear any team with depth at this point. With all the COVID stuff going on and, and obviously injuries in general, but especially with COVID, whoever's the deepest team, just like last year with the Milwaukee Bucks, they were the deepest team. They, they weren't yeah. essentially the best team, right? They might end up being a championship team, right? But guess what? That they, they were the healthiest, right? When they played yeah. the Nets, who was more healthier? The Bucks. Right? And that's what it comes down to. To me, it's going to be the healthiest team that's going to come out in the East. That's typically what it comes down to a lot of times. And that's what, like, when they played Atlanta, when Milwaukee played – Milwaukee had a – and listen, you need a championship, you need luck, right? You need the breaks and all that. But guess what? Milwaukee had a – they benefited, right? Because And it's crazy how if, let's say, Milwaukee did lose to the Nets, how much different people will be talking about Giannis? Because nobody's talking about Giannis right now. He, he's just doing his thing, and he's left alone right now because he's a champion. But if he had lost to uh, half a Harden, no Kyrie and and KD, how much different we think about? But that's because they were the healthiest team. Yeah. And listen, that's all a part of the game, and I get it. Healthiest team's gonna win. So if Miami, this is why depth is very important, right? This is why it's very, and that's why I think people like the Warriors this year is because of that depth. And I just talked to Brian Ruiz, you know, about this, about the Warriors. Like, they have so much depth. So if they do lose a guy, and they're adding, and they're adding uh, one of the greatest shooters of all time, that's essentially like getting a free agent for the Warriors. They're getting Clay Thompson back, you know. So that's like adding a free agent. So they don't even need to make a move. They, their move is coming to them, and, and, and Clay Thompson, and James Wiseman, too, not too far after that. So to me, the healthiest team is gonna is gonna come out. And right now, Miami, they got a lot of depth, you know. And and to me, that that's the that's gonna be the biggest thing. Team needs to find depth. It's not just about having those. And and I think the Nets are realizing that, right? They went all in on their three, and then when we we always say that, right? When you do a big three, it's a risk, right? Because what if 
So when you minus one, it changes the whole. When you, when you minus one, you still got a good right. You still got okay. Yeah, right, we, we might we still got a good team, but then you lose one and a half or two, and it's like oh my god, we are not that good of a bat. Like You're the terrible. Nets, we're a superstar in the G League. Like basically, they, they they needed KD to be superhuman in that game, right? Where he went at where he played every single minute. He went absolutely, you know, super Zion, whatever that that the Dragon Ball Z reference where they say people he went full super, whatever that guy's name they would say. He went full board, cyborg. Like I'm taking over, right? And that's all what we want to see from the great players take over. But it's like he his second best player is Bruce Brown and a beat up, you know, Blake Griffin is different. So to me the healthiest team in Miami, if they stay healthy, they could they could they could do some things. They could do some things to me. And, and that's it. If they stay healthy and with all the COVID stuff, I mean, we see the Bulls. I mean, they're breaking down because everyone's freaking got COVID there. Like they, they, their whole roster. They depleted. just got back to practice. Like, they, and they just, yeah. Like, they, and to me, that's going to be, to me, COVID is going to be the X factor. <laughs> and and it, that's to me, that's the real, like it's with everything going on now. And now we're getting that, that spike and stuff. And now guys are out. And I mean, it, I, I hope, I, I don't know what's going to happen. It sucks because it's like the quality of basketball is going to get hurt because now we're watching games. We're like, wait, wait, who's that? Because we're seeing guys on these exemption deals, right? And we're going to be seeing the most random players. <laughs> this might be the most – this might be the one time we might see the most random NBA players ever. Like, we're going to be seeing guys that are like, wait, that, like, what? Who? Who? And it's just – you know, and and that's going to affect standings going down full, going down down the line. And you know, so I, healthiest team, man. It, healthiest team going to win. If Miami's the, the team, they have all the pieces, right? They got the championship pedigree and all that, right? They just were two years away from going to a final, and they went six. You yeah. know, last year was just hey, didn't it, it wasn't their year, right? They just a lot of things didn't go their way, and Milwaukee was just like hey, we're not going to get lose again to them, right? So this year, I think. Um, you know, they have what they they have enough pieces. Like I like their role players a lot. You know, Tyler's was ball is ball, you know, is playing to what we thought he was. So, you know, we'll see. You know, healthiest teams gonna win this, man. It, it, it's, it's 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 going to be crazy this year, you know, with, with yeah. everything going on with the COVID and the variants and all that. Yeah, and I think it'll die down a little bit. So before we close out, appreciate everyone listening live or listening here on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel. But we gotta do it. I got, like I said, I got one of the voice of the New York Knicks, right? So it only makes sense. He has he has respect around Knicks Twitter. He's got respect around just New York period. You know, his voice, his, his statements on his team. And Some Knicks fans aren't happy with me right now yeah, I, because I sometimes say it like it is. I was about to give you, you know, I'm going to give you your flowers <laughs> because people don't necessarily always love his opinions because he's the one guy who's going to keep it real. He's going to, you know, analyze it on the basketball aspect. It's not everything about, I love New York and da-da-da. So, the state of the New York Knicks. My thing is they overachieved last year. So now the standard was set so much higher. And this is what you see with Tom Thibodeau-led teams. They, they they have a couple good years. This is only, you know, they have one good year. But they overachieved last year. We talked about it last year, right? The Knicks overachieved. Like, if you would have told us they were going to be a four seed and playing home games in the playoffs, you know, be the home, you would have said, no, no way. They might play in the play-in once we found out they're bringing the play-in tournament back. But if you told us they were going to be a home, you know, the four seed or whatever, we wouldn't have bought it. That So that's overachieving. And then because you overachieve, the standard is set like it's either this or better. Nothing yeah. less. We accept nothing less. And you know how New York media, the city of New York, y'all ride behind y'all teams. Y'all ride or die. And right now, a lot of Knicks Nation is dying because they can't take – Losing, and there's a lot of it. It seems like they're going back. So, in your opinion, what is the state of the New York Knicks, and what needs to be done to essentially because it's not great? So, what is the state in your mind, and what needs to be fixed to fix the state of the New York Knicks? Oh, this is this was my worst fear. This was my worst fear. You called it, and I you called it because yeah. you want to get excited, right? And, and you and listen. There's, there's, there was a bad seven years. Knicks played a lot of bad basketball, right? Ever since they went to the, you know, they played at Indiana in that series and they lost in six. It's been downhill since. So you, so I think sometimes we, when you're so bad for so long 
and you just have a little bit of success, you just kind of get like excited, like, oh my God, like we definitely overachieved, benefited from a lot. Listen, they benefited from no crowd. I think that's, you know, that's a huge factor. People, people don't understand. Like, I just hate going down that route sometimes because then it takes away from obviously my Miami Heat and making it to the finals. Even though I said, you know, we talked about this last year, and I did say the Heat benefited from not having to play road games because oh, they, they definitely were, did. They were the did best they? team and they were one of the worst road teams. So they benefited from that. But then it takes away from my beloved LeBron James and people will be like his Mickey Mouse championship. But even still, that does play a factor when you're playing pickup ball. That, it turns into what we call practice players. We know guys who, when the lights came on, when it was game time and that clock started and the winner loss meant something, guys disappeared. But we also know those same guys who were great in practice. Like, when it came to basketball practice, you're like, man, this guy should be a starter, but he doesn't perform that way in a game. And so it puts that scenario, right? Like an AAU tournament with a dead gym, because we've seen plenty of them. I play AAU my whole life. I've seen crowded gyms. I've seen dead gyms. I've seen every team be in there to come watch us play. I've seen every team not care about us playing. They're trying to get ready for their game. So I've seen it all, and it makes a difference. It's just a different type of focus. It's a different type of non-distraction when you take the crowd away. Yeah. And the Knicks benefited from it. People won't want to hear that. They won't want to admit it. They won't want to, you know, acknowledge it. But that's the case. My team had benefited from no crowd and not playing road games. Like, I, you know, the Heat made it to the finals probably. That was the best scenario for a team like the Miami Heat was when they were in the bubble. You ain't got to yeah. travel nowhere. Dogs be dogs. And, get it and it's an even playing field because when you played Milwaukee, right, and maybe if – I believe if if let's say this if it was a regular season like no COVID no bubble and all that and you play Miami versus Milwaukee in that series Milwaukee probably win because the home court like, you got to travel I, I believe but like when everything's even killing everyone has the same set of rules and and same advantages and disadvantages then it, it, you're going to you know it's like all right go over we don't have to worry about a crowd. And that defense works. That dog mentality yeah. and that defensive philosophy works because it's not always about who's better. Sometimes, a lot of times, it come, who wants it more? Yeah. And the Knicks were hungry. Like, they got some success. They got the city behind them. You see, we know the players see social media. We've seen how the city of New York was. They, you know, once they got out of any type of COVID, they, they didn't know how to act. And that's, uh, that's how you be behind your team. But at the same time, like now, the crowds are playing a factor. The storylines are huge. Like, I mean, bro, in New York, and it's not even a knock on New York because I think any fan base does this. So I do hate the fact that everybody's like, see, everybody in New York was rooting for Steph. Steph could have been in Miami. Steph could have been in L.A. Steph could have broke that record wherever. Everybody was there to see Steph and Curry break that record. It wasn't I mean, about yeah. winning or losing. It was about seeing Steph. I don't care where it was. But because it's New York, it's going to get great and be like, see, the Knicks aren't as loyal. They re- you, you heard the crowd. When, when he hit that three, it was rap. Like, But oh, that's yeah. Madison Square Garden for you. Like, That's just how it goes. And they appreciate history. Anybody would appreciate history. He could have came. The game could have been in Miami. And guess what? America, you know, or whatever we call it now at this point. But the arena would have sold out. And the Miami Heat fans would have been rooting for Steph to break that record. After that, all right, it's game time. You're now our enemy. We're rooting for our team. But I just think. You're right. The Knicks have have they benefited last year, but over overseeding expectations becomes the problem with any team. Not just the Knicks, any team when you outdo expectations, you set the standard high and sometimes when you set the standard so high, when you come anything less than that, it's underachieving. And so the achievement was be a top 4 team at the very least. Be have a winning record right now. Be look like one of the better teams, especially because Atlanta disappointed early. Uh, Miami has a lot of injuries. Brooklyn has no Kyrie Irving. Milwaukee had a slow start. Uh, Washington started out hot. They fizzled back out in the kind of reality, uh, essentially. So you look, Chicago is where I thought they would be. A lot of people killed me for saying I thought was Chicago. But I like Chicago. I don't know why no one... People were like, nah, I'm not crazy about Chicago. Chicago When they made those moves, and I'm like, bro, Chicago is just as good as almost anybody. I value having uh, multiple ball handlers on your team, and that's what they have. I got multiple guys who can, who can handle the ball and, and, and create a shot. Like you can stack minutes. That's yeah, the and like thing. and people would. I think people were stuck on DeRozan Toronto, which people need to stop like that narrative about 
all that. Like him in in uh, in uh, in Toronto, like because he didn't play. I mean, he lost to the freaking LeBron James. Like, come on, that's all. Like, that's essentially. Yeah. <laughs> He had the best team in the Easter Conference at one point, but it was like, bro, they were like, that was their kryptonite, was just LeBron. Like, LeBron and the Cavs, like, like it was just yeah, they like, over that hump, and that's okay because they couldn't get past the guy who could, kept making it to the finals. Essentially, I mean, like, the guy that made it to LeBron James. Like, it's just it like, happens. and people like, oh, he's not that good. He's a choker. It's like, nah. I mean, then, then well, you, worse you forget LeBron. about him in San Antonio because he's in San Antonio, and they're – it, let's face it, it's the end of the era, right? They're not yeah. San Antonio no more. So you forget about him, and then you watch his games, and then you even if you just look at a statue, you're like, hold up, 23, 7, and 7. You're like, oh, 50%, and and, and he's the king of the mid-range. Like, he's, yeah. he's top five as far as mid-range scoring and efficiency, right? And I just saw a video with Ben Taylor, who does a lot of breakdowns and all that. He's breaking. Some of his mid-range numbers are better than KD, and KD is maybe the best mid-range player in the game. So, like, might be people were just sleeping on him, like, uh, and, like, how that was going to work. Like, uh, to me, that and the fact that he has Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball, that frees him up because now you don't have to worry about double teams. Yeah. Zach Levine's going to, you know, having Zach Levine, who's a slasher and all that, going to kick. So, to me, I'm like, that's going to work. Like, if health, the only thing that's going to stop him is health. And obviously, we've seen they've had their COVID yeah, issues. Kicked their ass. So we've seen that. COVID already. has kicked their ass big time. Yeah. Like they, they may have hit, been hit the hardest, Postpone you know, with, with COVID. So like postponed games, and like um, Vucevic had that COVID early in the season. So like I thought it was going to work. Um, so I, I don't know why people wouldn't buy into Chicago. Uh, I, I had my stock in Chicago. Uh, I thought they'd be a top. I think I had them top four seed and yeah, we both numbers, they're number two right now. And they may, may be number one if they don't have COVID and all this stuff. We both did. And everybody told themselves crazy. I remember defending. Remember, I defended Golden State and I defended Chicago with the offseason and whatever. I was wrong about Golden State. Okay. You know, I defend, those were the two teams at each conference. Those were the teams I defended. I even killed my own team in defending those teams. You know, I, I talked about I ain't love the Lowry and everybody's about Miami got might have had the best offseason. I'm like, I don't love Lowry and now they're. You know, they're shutting me up. Kyle Lowry shutting me up. He heard everything I said. I'm convinced. He heard what I said because that's what happens. Mo speaks, and then everybody, you know, those guys listen. Next thing you know, they shut me up. Like, I make a bet, be like, guaranteed. And then they be like, ah, you thought. And guess what? Like, the, you know, South Carolina State heard me early. I'm like, oh, Jackson State? I ain't even going to. I'm just put them on the parlay as a sweet in the money line. That was a rough game. They is smacked. Like, like they, they, South Carolina State heard me. It was like, Mo, you know what? Guess what? You bet against us. So here we go, brother. We're going to show you that that we are just as good as Jackson State. If not, what? What they went? 31 to 10. We 21 points better uh, than yeah, Jackson State. State. But they, they took care of uh, of the, the Deion Sanders uh, squad. I, I blame it on Deion Sanders being sidelined in a wheelchair. If he was able to get active and getting guys' face. Not, not, not to get off talk, but. He's a little extra with the little. Weird. He he had the mo he had the motorized wheelchair like he was like he had some type of major disability. I'm like, all right, Dion, we know you you prime time and you've been. He he driving the thing around like you think he he like, like lost his legs or something. Dion, right? Like Dion is and his, his hoodie had his his Twitter handle on. I'm like, like imagine you see like Nick Saban with a at Nick Saban hoodie. <laughs> like, but you, but Dion is allowed to allowed to get away with a lot of things. I'm. 99.9% of coaches would never be allowed to get and That's been his time. MO since yeah. he's been he's prime time. That's been his MO. But Chris, it's been great talking to you. I appreciate everybody for tuning in, whether they tune in live or if you're here on Dash Radio on another banana channel tuning in. So before we close out, Chris, give everybody your at and any future projects because I know you have a lot of them. You're host, the co-host, the president of the network. You got a bunch of things coming up. So just give everybody your future projects and, and where to follow you. Yeah, bro, I appreciate you uh, having me on the pod. Always good chop it up with you. Uh, yeah, you can follow me off the ball pod on uh, Twitter. That's my most active uh, Instagram off the ball podcast. Um, I got uh, doing you know a few sh you know getting back on the draft capital with Steven. I've, I've uh, been uh, I've been on uh, I've been on the sidelines. I've been on injury reserve <laughs> with the with draft capital, but I'm back. Uh, we're gonna be gonna doing uh, talking some drafts, so I'm excited to get back on that. And uh, I'm going to do my big board. And uh, my dog's crying. Man. Why are you crying? But I'm um, going to drop my big board. Um, but like I said, always the draft's been near and dear to my heart. So you know how I am about that. Um, and uh, I'm going to drop a show with, with Brian Ruiz off the ball Mondays. So, you know, if you haven't, uh, you know, 
So check that out. Uh, we're gonna be talking about everything Warriors and all that. You know, talk about his his uh, you know what made him love the Warriors, the We Believe team, and obviously the current state of the Warriors and all that. Clay's return and all that. We'll talk about that. So yeah, um, I got some. Uh, you know, just follow me off the ball pod and make sure to follow off the ball network, of course, for your sports needs. Off the ball network dot com. OTB underscore our uh, OTB underscore uh, Twitter uh, underscore OTB underscore wow say that fast five times underscore network on Twitter uh, obviously Instagram all that stuff Facebook check out all the great sponsors uh, and bet us you know check them out you know help us out you know uh, anything helps so uh, appreciate you having me on brother yeah 100% y'all know you can follow me at mo underscore cheese 15 on Twitter Instagram at up flames pod on Twitter Instagram um, continue listening on off the ball Mondays if you are here listening on Dash Radio on nothing but that channel because following me is the, the great Chris LeBron on Off the Ball Pod with him and Brian Ruiz. So if you are here listening on Monday, you get to hear his lovely voice for another hour. And then our guy Kenneth and our guy Steven. And then we close out with the Hoopers. And then don't forget our newest member who's going to be there on Monday night, our guy Rob, the guy who runs nothing but that channel and helps, you know, contribute to Dash Radio and gave us this great opportunity. He closes it out on Monday evenings, if I'm not mistaken, at 8 p.m. Eastern, you know, with his Timberwolves talk. He loves his wolves. And he breaks them down really great. So I appreciate everybody for tuning in, listening. And on that note, Up in Flames is out.